All right, welcome back to another episode of Skyu Pod, brought to you for the first time by Big Banter. Um, I'm sure you guys are probably wondering what that is. Well, Big Banter um, reached out to us to be their Golden Gopher football-focused podcast, and we um, were excited by what they had to say and jumped at the opportunity. Uh, Big Banter is a Big Ten focused football and they're getting basketball um they'll have every team in the big 10 going forward here and we're starting with football i know they got a couple basketball schools on board but uh you know it was exciting when they talked about building just you know a group of dedicated podcasts strictly to big 10 content because that's what we're all interested in so um yeah nothing is really changing about how our show will operate we just basically have um other friends and podcasts to reach out and do crossover uh, episodes with that are within conference, which should make for some pretty exciting content. Um, so if you get a chance, go check out Big Banter on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, primarily active on Twitter right now. So go give them a follow and just, yeah, stay up to date on all the news in the Big Ten. How's that, guys? Did, did that anything I missed with that? No, and I think that pretty much sums it up. We're excited to be a part of it. And I think, like you said, Kurt, the content just across the Big Ten that we'll be able to kind of give to all of our listeners will, will be, you know, a, a solid a solid deal, I guess. So, um, yeah, like Kurt said, go give Big Banter a follow and check out some of the other podcasts, too, that are a part of the group. I know, like Kurt said, there are several um, you know, other universities that are part of it. I think they're still looking for a few other podcasts for some other schools, but for the most part, it's every team in the Big Ten. So go check everyone out. Just announced Michigan and Iowa's recently, and I, I haven't got a chance to listen to them yet, but I know we're going to have um crossover episode with Iowa for sure when it comes time. So that's when I, I want to check out. Um, their one stipulation was that we had to fire Max, so he's not with us anymore. But um, no, I'm just kidding. He just couldn't make it to this to this episode. We are here, Sam. Anything you wanted to add on uh, on this, or we got it all covered? I'll take that as we got it all covered. Sam didn't unless you're talking, and I'm not here. But it's okay. It's okay. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, you guys said it all. Uh, exciting stuff, though, and cool to see what 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 all will come from it. All right, yeah, so now we're just going to transition into our uh, normal episode here. And um, this first point we wanted to talk to you guys about, it goes back a couple of weeks, but we got a report, um, Coyle, the Gophers Athletic Director, named as possible 80 fit for the USC opening. Now, first I'll let you guys jump in. Um, I saw some Gopher Twitter reacting, obviously worried because, you know, change, potential change is never um, usually something you're looking forward to when you got some momentum going with the football program like we do. Um, I'll start with you, Spence. What was your initial reaction to this report? Yeah, you know, slight worry, I guess. You Like, like you said, Kurt, you know, if with an AD potentially leaving, that leaves every sport at the University of Minnesota to be kind of in flux. Um, you know, that would mean possible departures of all coaches of all sports because usually athletic directors and coaches, their mindsets and, you know, their goals are aligned. And that's apparent with, you know, PJ Fleck and Coyle. Um, 
you know, Coyle kind of got brought in amidst that whole kind of scandalous period through, you know, go for athletics with um, the old, the old AD um, yeah. Teague. Um, what was it? Norwood Teague. Um, obviously he needed to go. And then along with that, go for football was kind of going through, I would say a controversial um, little episode of things that were going on with their players um but like i said once there's a new ad hire there's essentially they're going to bring on someone that you know aligns with their thinking and their goals um so there is slight worry because like you said kurt pj has definitely improved the program i think our recruiting is better i like the direction that it's gone um, but, you know, thinking that of, of USC, they could really hire anybody. Um, yeah. I know that they are kind of trying to clean up as well, because I know that their athletic director, Mike Bone has been pretty much kind of almost Norwood T kind of thing going on yeah. as extreme, but still something like that. And so they're looking at Coyle to be the guy to clean it up, just like he did at the University of Minnesota. But again, I think they can hire anybody. Maybe it's unlikely that he'll be their hire just simply because they are USC, but still a little worrisome. Yeah. I just want to jump in. It was Chris Treveno from 247sports.com that first named Coyle as uh, really just someone that has interest. It doesn't even say that they've reached out yet or anything. I don't think that's public knowledge, but I just wanted to clarify um, that part of it. Um, Sam, any initial thoughts from you on this? Um, In terms of football, I, I it doesn't scare me or worry me at all. Um, PJ seems to be locked in here. It's USC already has their uh, coach. I, it doesn't worry me like he's going to poach. Um, I don't know about the implications for other like sports, but uh, yeah, I, I'm just not too worried about it. Yeah, I I get that completely. It's not like right. They're not going to trade out Lincoln Riley for for PJ Fleck there at USC. I don't think anyone's you know that that caught up in it. Um, I think it's interesting. Like I. I get, like like uh, Chris Treveno pointed out in his article, if you want someone that's familiar with the Big Ten landscape, like you could look at Coyle as uh, being Mark Coyle's a good fit. I'm not sure how important that necessarily is going forward. I know that sounds crazy, but it's not like USC is like physically moving over here, and it's not like the recruiting landscape for them is going to change drastically. They're already recruiting all across the country, and they focus there. They got a plenty of talent right there in California, so I'm not sure that's going to be a super important piece for them. But maybe um, the other thing is like if you're if you're Mark Coyle, don't get me wrong. I'm not I'm not so delusional for the ghosts that I, I couldn't see the benefit of living out in Southern California over Minnesota and making more money and having that lifestyle. I get that. But football is basically your job as an athletic director in today's major sports world. Football and basketball. Those are the two, you know, money makers here for these schools for the most part. Um, if you're Mark Coyle and you go to USC as their AD, your sole job for the most part, well, one, clean up the actual conduct, you know, don't, don't mistreat people, don't harass people, got to get that cleaned up, which, you know, he did that here, which is good. But then your second job is really just going to be, you're reporting basically to Lincoln Riley. Like, you're not going to get Lincoln Riley to do things necessarily that you want to do. Now, I don't know what you would change 
from what Lincoln Riley's doing out there. But you know what I mean? Like, he he's basically, I feel like he, like here, he's still in charge of PJ, while, where if he goes out to USC, he's got to keep Lincoln Riley happy. It's kind of flip, you know what I mean? Like, Lincoln right. Riley has all the pull over there, given all the yeah. all the money they pulled out to pay him and, and what Lincoln Riley's accomplished in college football. Like, he's going to have the, the biggest day. Changes. Yeah, and I'm not not saying that that couldn't work. Like maybe he looks at it like, oh great, they already got Lincoln Riley set up over there. So all I got to do is keep him happy. Maybe that's what he wants. But um, you know, to touch on the side that Sam talked about about just for other sports and stuff, you know, he did hire PJ, which I would say has been a successful hire. I think we all agree for the most part, it's been a good hire. Um, Bob Moscow, hockey, obvious hiring choice, but also good hire. You got to give him props for that. Basketball, on the other hand, both men's and women's, you know, those aren't looking so great. So I'm not trying to rip on, you know, Ben Johnson too much. He's only been here two years, but hasn't been good so far. Lindsey Whalen has already been, um, you know, stepped down from the women's coach, basically told to step down and step aside as they, they bring in a new one. Now, it sounds like the women's basketball fans are excited about the new um, coach we hired. I won't pretend to know much about that because I'm I don't really follow the women's basketball team that closely. But anyway, I I'm with you, Sam. I if he does leave, I don't think it's like this monumental loss to us. Um, you know, maybe I'm crazy because stability is important, especially with the changes coming up. All you really need, though, is someone that understands that football is your money maker and get the basketball program going too. You want to make good hires, do your due diligence, but. Honestly, whoever they bring in, if Coyle were to leave, and we're, you know, we're projecting a lot here, and it's not even, you know, we don't even know if Coyle's going to get interviewed, but whoever's getting brought in as a potential replacement, really just going to have to work with PJ and keep PJ here, like, um, kind of like how it's been going, you know? Yeah, and I'm with that too, but I guess my only thing is, you know, I think we'd all agree that PJ has his own sense of culture and sense his identity and he has a vision on what he wants go for football to be and I think that his vision and Mark Coyles are pretty aligned you know in terms of the culture and the only worry that I have and I could just be you know assuming here is because PJ is kind of an eclectic coach I think you know in terms of if you view the coaching landscape, he kind of sticks out. He's he's a different kind of coach. He has a different style. Um, and it's not a bad thing. You know, everyone coaches different. But I think his is really something that other coaches don't tend to do. I just hope that a new hire, a new athletic director can buy into that and, and say, all right, let's ride the, ride this wave with him. And obviously, we've had success. It's been working you know, let's keep it up. Or, you know, like sometimes new ADs will be like, you know, we just want, I want my guy in here. I want someone that, you know, has the same mindset as me. Right, exactly. And that's why he got rid of Tracy Clays. When Clays won, what, nine games in a season, just came off a bowl win. And, you know, I know that there is that controversy and everything, but I don't know if it was a fireable defense from a coach's standpoint. Um, we can get yeah, in, into that nitty just, gritty on a later time, but he right. obviously wanted his own guy in there, and that's what he did. 
Yeah. Uh, that's always a risk is bringing in the, the guy. I got to imagine, though, in today's, you know, in today's age of college sports and athletics that this, I hope the school would be smart enough to realize that you need an athletic director that's one is going to, you know, get the hires right and work with the coaches that you currently like. Um, like so it's got to be a good fit, like you're saying. But also, like, you got to keep in mind NIL and stuff like that now, which is still kind of in fresh territory. I just don't think Coyle was so amazing at his job and, like, made all the right moves where it's like, holy crap, how can we, you know, we can't afford to lose this guy. I th- I don't think we found, like, um, he's good. I, I, you know, he's a good AD. I just don't think it was somebody that's, you know, he wasn't a Barry Alvarez to Minnesota. And I know Barry was a coach first and then moved into, like, you know, an advisor role. So I, I just don't think he was as important as, like, uh, a figure like that was to Minnesota right now. Um. No, I, I've seen some fans speculate, does this make PJ harder to keep here if someone else offers? Maybe, but again, like with how much college football is changing, how many places are looking more desirable to PJ right now that actually want to hire PJ Fleck as their coach? You know what I mean? Like, Good point, yeah. USC and UCLA are coming here. Um, I don't see another Big Ten school trying to sway him from us, at least not at this point. Like, I, I, I can't even think like think of a school that would be interested in trying to get him. Um, and that really, to me, just leaves the SEC because going forward, if you're a head coach, don't you want one of the jobs in the Big Ten or the SEC going forward? I, I would think you would, um, you know, outside of Clemson and Florida State and, you know, some of those just blue blood programs that it'll be fine either way but and I, I just don't see those guys going going after him anytime soon so we'll see like i said kind of kind of uh, a lot of speculation on our part just based on that report but basically all i'm saying is i think either way it's gonna it's gonna be all right and uh honestly i'd be a little bit surprised if they went with coil just for you know they got a lot of money and a lot of people hyped up right there so they i think they can get um pretty much anyone they want outside of a handful of schools ad so we'll see where they decided to go with that all right second piece of news we wanted to touch on um hope you guys are ready because this is the end of uh big 10 west football this season uh the big 10 announced that they are getting rid of the divisions as expected um they announced the future annual rivals as long as who uh each big 10 team will play in conference for the next two years um Start with let's start with the notable uh, notable news worthy items is Minnesota. You know we got two annual rivals that are sticking: Wisconsin and Iowa. Those were the automatics. You had to have those. Um, doesn't make much sense if we don't get to see those two every year. So I'm glad they got that right. I thought there was a chance they might sneak in a third, um, but there's only one team that got three annual rivals, and that was Iowa, which I was kind of surprised. But they got us, Wisconsin, and Nebraska. Then um, the third piece of news I thought was interesting is Penn State got zero protected rivalries um, going forward. So... Uh, Sam, we'll start with you this time. Just what are your quick thoughts about um, mainly, you know, I, a lot of people are looking at schedules up bad. That to me isn't as, inter- as interesting just because that's going to be rotating pretty much every year now. Um, what are your thoughts on the annual rivals that the Big Ten announced? Not, I like, I, I think smart move that you're actually protecting the rivalries. I'm not a big fan of the ones they chose. Like, it seems weird that Ohio State has only one and then. Penn State has zero. 
and then I, I mean I get Maryland and Rutgers, but I mean I I understand you're trying to keep kind of more of the blue bloods from uh, the original Big Ten days, keep those rivalries protected. But at the same time, it just doesn't, it's just not feeling right. Um, I would will, you add for for Ohio State? I, I I know it's relatively new, but I mean, might as well give them to Penn State. I I look forward to that game lately because you know it's a chance. Penn State's usually a pretty good team. It's a chance for them to upset Ohio State. Does that kind of make the Big Ten cannibalize itself? Yeah, but I just like good football, so I'm I'm here for it. Yeah, I, I get that. Um, Spencer, what do you think? I'm gonna wait. Uh there's a lot of things that come. You know, every day I kind of think of something new with this whole thing. You know, it's there's so many what ifs and. You know, but I'll start with this. First off, you know, obviously Minnesota has to have Wisconsin and Iowa. I mean, that that's a given. I know in the college football landscape that is today, it's forever changing. It's, you know, it's going to change forever. We're, we're moving into something that is unprecedented. And I think there's excitement behind it. And I don't want to be so caught up in the past that and be upset with it because I think college football is college football. I think it'll take care of itself, but I'd be lying to you if I don't miss or like tradition about college football. That's what separates it from the NFL, you know, and, and that's why people wake up on in Saturdays and, and watch college football. It's because the camaraderie, the historic, uh, you know, historic nature of it. You know, we've been playing Wisconsin and Iowa since the 1800s. I mean, there's so much history and rivalry and stories that are there that, you know, our grandparents talk about. So I'm glad that they're keeping some of that alive. And I hope that that continues. Um, I guess some of the things that I wonder about is so Iowa has three you know rivalries right and mm-hmm. Penn State has zero I mean I think you need to keep like I said those traditional rivalries for Iowa if you're an Iowa fan you want to play Wisconsin Minnesota and Nebraska every year but if you're Penn State I don't know how you feel about that what if what if you're an Iowa team and all three of those teams Minnesota Nebraska and Wisconsin are just bad this year or Could for be. a couple of years and then, you know, there, let's just say it's college football, so you never know. But let's just say it's three automatic wins. And then Penn State has, you know, Ohio State, Michigan, and let's say so, a great Northwestern team on there. Like, sure. I get it. What I, I understand, like, you know, that's luck of the draw, whatever. That, that's just how the cookie crumbles. But, you know, Iowa, though, they it's just automatic for them and vice versa, like, what if the teams are great and then a Penn State team has like a bad Rutgers, a bad Maryland team, a bad Northwestern team, whatever it is on their schedule? Like I can see how people would say that's unfair. I'm I am not of that of that court. I think that you need to keep tradition and protect that. But I could see people arguing that um, they take. A, but. The- not necessarily a good thing though, because they also take that in consideration for your rankings, strength of schedule. Like, if you're a good yeah. team, weak schedule that actually hurts you. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Well, so there's still going to be nine conference games, which is good. Um, let me just say this: I think it's obvious. I think it's obvious why the Big Ten did it this way. At least, you know, Ohio State has one guaranteed matchup with Michigan, which you know was going to be a money maker for TV no matter what. So you got to keep that. Uh, USC and UCLA. There are they are each other's only protected annual rivalry. Rivalry. Uh, Michigan State, Michigan's protected. 
but that's Michigan State's only protected one is with Michigan. And Nebraska versus Iowa is Nebraska's only protected one. Um, they want Penn State, Ohio State, USC, UCLA, Michigan, Michigan State, Nebraska, Wisconsin to play each other as many times as they can get uh, for TV for TV ratings. Um, so if I'm looking at a Penn State, I'm actually probably happy if I'm a Penn State fan, to be honest, because who's kept you out of the playoffs the last like, five years? It's been either Ohio State or, or Michigan for the most part. So not having to be guaranteed to play those schools every year, if I'm Penn State, I think I'd rather take my chances, you know, getting paired up with, like, USC once and then maybe, like, Iowa and Minnesota, you know, like, as far as teams that they might have not been playing um, beforehand automatically. But, yeah, um, you going to say something, Sam? Yeah, I was just going to say, I just think they need one rivalry or something. I, I consider them, like, an actual Big Ten school. Like, I know they're... Part of they still meant the original ten, but at the same time, I still like I don't consider them a Maryland or Rutgers. Like I still think they need their. Uh, yeah, I I get that they probably could have done Ohio State, Penn State, but I think they just want they want if you're a TV schedule maker and the Big Ten is you know if you're in charge of the Big Ten, you're kind of in on it with the TV people as well because you want to generate the most views possible. You want Ohio State, Penn State, and Michigan. It's like a balance they struck. They want him to be as free as possible to schedule in as many big-time games, I think, as they can with those guys. And not to beat them up. Like, they kind of want to protect it, too, right? So, like, Ohio State only being guaranteed to play Michigan, you know, I'm sure most years they're still going to at least hit one or two of the Penn States and USC's still along with that. But if you just load up, you know, say Michigan got Penn State. I know you weren't saying it should be Michigan, but say Michigan got Penn State as well. Now they're guaranteed to play Ohio State, Michigan State, Penn State. You don't want to stop Michigan from scheduling non-conference quality opponents because that's also going to be big TV numbers for you, right? But if you're Michigan, you know, and you're already loaded up with three quality opponents like that, like, and when Michigan State's going, couldn't be, you know, high-quality opponent – how willing would they be to go out and schedule, say, like, I know they had just played Washington and stuff like that. And uh, so I just, you know, I think it's a balance. I get what you're saying. But to be honest, like, who Penn State didn't really, you know, even on rivalry, rivalry weekend, they were playing Michigan State at the end of the year because Penn State's probably biggest rival at the moment in conference, I would say, is like Ohio State or Michigan. Ohio State and Michigan are playing each other the last week of the season because that's who their biggest rival is. So they were never anybody's biggest rival. I mean, we have a trophy with them, but I've, did anyone ever consider Penn State a rival with us? No. In part because the programs went two different directions for a little bit there, but um, I'm not delusional. I know we're not on the same recruiting level or anything right now as Penn State. I, I know that, but um, I don't know. I I will say focus on Gophers here for a second. Yeah. I would not have been mad if we would have got locked up with three if the third would have been Michigan. And I know a lot of people push back on that because, you know, Michigan's Michigan. They're probably as good as they've been in 30 years, 25 years at least. But no. that's a that's a historic tradition that I would I know has kind of fallen off just because we don't get to play every year and just because of the two different directions the programs have headed. But if we would have gotten to play Michigan again every year for the jug, which is probably, I think, the most underrated nationally trophy like college rivalry trophy there is in college football that needs to get played for more often um 
So it's kind of a good thing we don't play Michigan every year, but I, I personally wouldn't mind to see it. I know I know it's not going to be an easy task, but I wouldn't mind seeing them more often. And then I thought there was a chance that they would also stick Nebraska with us as well. Um, just because, you know, there's been some back and forth with us and Nebraska. We've kind of handled them as of late. Um, I know, I think we've won at least six of the last seven, but I think it's like, I think we're eight and two the last ten. I have to fact check that, but um, that sounds right to me off the top of my head. But anyway, I I just, you know, I, I know they're Nebraska and they're kind of close by. They travel well, so you see a decent amount of them, but I I, I didn't really want to get stuck with that one, but I would have understood if, if they did it. Yeah, I I, I agree. I I like I, I'd I do like the brown, like yeah, the little brown jug. I, I like that, but yeah, I guess I thought Iowa and Nebraska was a little weird, or am I being a little too skeptical on that? That just seemed like a weird one that kind of stuck out to me. But well, they're right next to each other. Um, they are Iowa, or they're Iowa, Nebraska's closest school. Um, I think there's the, on Twitter they were beefing a lot this week. I, I don't oh, know good. if you guys, if you're on the Twitter, they, Nebraska. <laughs> I don't want to get into this because it was just the dumbest argument to begin with. But Nebraska fans were kind of being, and I'm not calling you dumb, but you're very passionate on Twitter, Nebraska fans. Um, basically, they said our future schedules are tough, but it beats slumming it in the Big Ten West, which I think Iowa fans correctly pointed out. Well, one of the reasons the Big Ten West was slumming it is because you guys were like one of the bottom of the barrel teams in the Big Ten. Um, uh, you, you guys are part of the biggest reason it was seen as a slum conference because you were supposed to be this big flagship program and you just couldn't win football games. But anyway, I don't want to dig back into that because that was, gosh, that 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 went on for like two and a half days on Twitter. If you, But anyway, um, so yeah, Nebraska got the one. I was just surprised they loaded up Iowa with three, but I yeah. think that could be, if these programs follow the trajectory that they're on or supposed to be on, I think getting stuck with Minnesota, Nebraska, and Wisconsin, I don't think that's like easy three games to be stuck with if you're if you're Iowa. But again, I, I like it. I, I don't like hiding away from good matchups. So I I, I was happy right. that they kept those. And like we're kind of in that kind of, uh, I don't know, that triangle where it's us kind of always facing off each other and kind of going off and smack talking. I, I don't know. I just I just like yeah. the whole thing, having that kind of like almost like little – a little mini division still survived. <laughs> yeah, no, I I completely get that. Um, you know, I don't know. This is probably a, a topic for another podcast. But as far as like what's best for the Gophers, if it were to be like these, you know, staying rivalries, or if they would have still stuck to divisions and they just added USC and UCLA to the West and then moved two teams to the East, uh, would that be have been better for like as far as the Gophers getting into like the potentially the college football playoff one day that i'm not sure i'd have to i'd have to think more about it because one thing i have to keep reminding myself is that the playoff is expanding so you're probably gonna get right multiple teams from both the big 10 and the sec making the college football playoff at the same time now so um that'll be interesting to, to watch play out um that'll be exciting yeah I, i'm excited for that to see that but I am a little. I'm questioning the like. There's gonna. I feel like there's gonna be tiebreakers when it comes to Big Ten championships. Um, so there are possibilities now where like you could have three teams tied for the Big Ten. So I'm not sure what what tiebreaker they're gonna go right. with to defy to def, like the 
decide between <laughs> which two out of the three get to go. <laughs> The divisions um, really save saves tiebreakers from happening I know. because Penn State, Michigan, and Ohio State would just knock each other out, and then usually someone from the West would just crawl out of there. And yeah, you know, I don't know what they're going to come up with. They're going to have to come up with something because if, if somehow it works out where it's like Ohio State, Wisconsin, and Northwestern are the three tied for first at the end, you know. I know who TV is going to be pushing for, but Northwestern, I, they better have a sound method in place so Northwestern basically just doesn't get outvoted based on revenue. You know what I mean? Uh, of like what they would get for, for as far as eyes on a, a championship. But um, yeah, the only, you know, one of the downsides is like, I feel like we were, you know, there wasn't anybody in the West that I really liked. You know, like it kind of like these divisions really did build up a, uh, you know, not a full-on rivalry, but you, you didn't like anybody that you had to play every year. Like, um, so like Purdue and Illinois. I'm not devastated that we won't see them every year going forward, but you know, I'm sure we'll still see them a good amount. But um, it'll be different a little bit, just cooling on those guys in Northwestern. Especially now that Northwestern looks like they're going to be just like really bad. That kind of stinks losing out on getting to see them. But you never know. Like if they just turn it around and uh, go back to winning. I will say with how Illinois is looking, it might be a favor missing out on them uh, no, uh, going forward here just with what Bielema's got rolling there. But we got to beat that guy. I, I think it's funny, though, too, that they stuck uh, Maryland and Rutgers together just like there. You guys have your annual rivalry together. Like those two are, gosh, I mean, those two are just like the stepkids in the family, the two st- ugly stepchildren that no one really wants to acknowledge that are really here. Um, I know USC and UCLA don't really geographically fit either, but they're like, I don't know, hot steps. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. They're just like the other step siblings that are popular that got brought into the family. But then Rutgers and Maryland are just kind of an afterthought now, I feel like. Yeah. But yeah, guys. Um. Anyway, that'll do it for Sky U Pod. We just wanted to you know, jump on, give a quick episode here and uh, announce our new partnership with Big Banter. Again, go give them a follow on Facebook, uh, Twitter, and Instagram. Mainly active on Twitter right now, but uh, we're working on things behind the scenes and and we're excited. Um, we'll have a few more episodes here before the start of the season, but I think I saw it's like it's like 78 or 73 days away from the opener right now for the Gophs. Um yeah, we'll probably have a crossover episode coming up with uh, the Nebraska folks soon. Um, so that'll be exciting. But uh, anyway, guys, till next time. Um, thank you very much for tuning in, and uh, we'll see you later. Sky Yuma, go Gophers.